The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention. When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question And I listen more attentively There must have been something In all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy to see And I must have missed something When you were just talking to me to do the We can try That's it, he's off the show. <laughs> I, don't hear, I don't hear any bop-a-pies, he's done. I didn't know. Doesn't take much. All right, let's get this show on the road, yeah. shall we? Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys, Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Got a great guest with me today. I just want to get to a couple of really quick things before we do. Um, let me pull up my notes here. Uh, you would think that I would have this ready. I was like a half an hour early here today, but I, I'm not. Uh, in Methuen, a uh, couple couple things I want to get to really, really quick. Um, the Methuen School sent out a, uh, a notice to all the students last week that they're not allowed to participate in Valentine's Day. Because I, I don't know why, because I guess schools just feel like they have to control everything these days. But uh, DJ Boragod, a Methuen City Councilor, uh, posted the note uh, online that he got a copy of and, uh, and talked about how ridiculous it was while he was online. And since then, the schools in Methuen have changed their mind. They have now decided to allow students to do Valentine's Day, kind of, but under their control, of course. And I'm going to read you the, um, the, the paragraph that was sent out by uh, Mr. Reeve of the Methuen, City, of the Methuen Schools. Uh, uh, di- good morning, uh, this is from the Timoney School, uh, Timoney Families. I'm writing this morning t- in response to the growing concern about the message sent on 128 about students not participating in the traditional card exchange on Valentine's Day. Now, now here's where they think they're going to make it better, right? But they don't. Uh, after consulting with the superintendent, students will be able to bring cards in for their classmates if they so choose. Just please be sure, make sure that there is one for everyone. I knew you were going to say. 
Are you fucking kidding me? All inclusive nonsense. Like it, it's just it's it's just so maddening that the schools just they feel like they have to control everything. It's you know schools are controlled by teachers unions and teachers unions are Marxist. And I know Pavel's probably going to disagree with this later <laughs> on, but 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 they're so Marxist in their philosophy about everything. It says we will we will combine the card exchange with additional activities and spirit days that were already planned for this week to celebrate the important ideals of Valentine's that Valentine's Day represents: friendship, kindness, and caring. No, no, no. Valentine's Day does not represent caring and kindness it represents love and it's supposed to be for kids to exchange cards with someone that maybe they that they love that they care about and if you give one to everybody it doesn't mean anything i have a quick question yes yeah is it not a school's job to prepare children for the real world right yes outside world that's what it's supposed to be about So, where outside of school is this all-inclusive like everyone gets a valentine no you learn some people get cards some don't and that's the way the world works and we learn to deal and cope and move on right i mean i I, you know know what's weird i I feel like like, i remember being a little kid and like i would get cards for everybody and everybody would get cards for everybody right Right. like so i i don't don't see how it's uh it's an issue because i feel like Every kid, especially at that time, you know, there, there might be maybe that you want to make a special card for, you know, you're in your teens, a special card for a special someone. But a lot of these kids, they go in, they go to CVS, Walgreens, and they buy a pack of like 30, yeah. right? And that's enough for, for everyone in class. I thought that when you were first saying that the schools were, you know, trying to do away with it or changing well, it. Well, they originally was a, did. was a, a COVID reason or something like oh. that. Right. But um, if it's like because they – like, I don't know. That, it, it seems strange, but – um, you know, schools. Why can't are... they just let the kids do what they want to do? Like right. they have to control everything, and they they have to be like the purveyors of like of 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 the social dynamic in the school. And it's like, how about just back off a little bit? And if a kid, if a kid, what if the kid can only afford one or two? And he's only got. Listen, when I was in when I was in school, I didn't get any Valentines. Nobody loved me. Get out of here. No, I never no. got any Valentine's Day. <laughs> and and every once in a while, I'd get one because like there was a couple of girls in class that like felt bad for me, and they'd yeah. give me one just because they felt bad that I never got the Valentine. Yeah. But I didn't go home crying. I didn't need therapy for it. It wasn't like, how about just back the hell off and let the let the kids do what they do their own thing. Yeah. They do this with Christmas. They do it with Halloween. They do it with everything. It's like. They're, they're trying to like re reimagine, so to speak, the, the social dynamic of how kids interact with each other. Teach them math, teach them science, teach them history, teach them what they're supposed to be taught, and stay the hell away from this stuff. I haven't even introduced him. He's already jumped in. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm liking this already. I agree. I say if they want to buy thirty cards, buy thirty cards, but don't make them right. buy don't 30. Make if it that mandatory. kid wants to give one card, let the child give one card. Right, right. Don't make them all do it. I think. Uh, also, yesterday and the day before, there was a walkout at the Weatherby School in Lawrence. Apparently, uh, Superintendent Paris uh, removed or suspended the assistant principal at the Weatherby School, and I apologize for not being there. I had a couple of teachers call me and say, can you please come cover this? Nobody's covering this. But they did it at 7 a.m., and I'm just going to tell you right now, you're never going to see me anywhere at 7 a.m. I don't care where or when it is. You're never going to see me at 7 a.m. I tried to see if I could get Rich to go cover it for me, but he was busy. Um, But if any of those teachers want to um, come on the record and talk to me or even off the record, please reach out to me, and I'll be happy to do a, a 
a story. I'm sure somebody took some pictures, but at 7 a.m., if you're going to do a walkout and you want me there, you got to do it after noon. Like, do it at lunchtime or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not and even then, allowed to message you before 11. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, even my mom knows not to call me before 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the other, uh, the last thing I have, uh, Methuen, again, back to um, the Methuen schools, they've decided to stop doing test and stay, where uh, kids could uh, test, they would test the kids for COVID in school, and if they didn't have the, the COVID that they could they could stay, and they're now going to a home test that they're going to send voluntarily to anybody that wants to opt in, but the home test that they're sending are these bogus Chinese tests from China, and um, I did a little bit of read. This is going to be a story. In, uh, this is a, a heads up for the next Valley Patriot next week um, on these 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 Chinese made COVID tests. Newsflash: China sent us the virus. They're trying to kill us. Why would we contract with a Chinese company for COVID tests? And by the way, when you do the COVID tests, they, they collect all the information. Like this is, this is a, an information gathering oper- operation by the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government. And now the Methuen schools through the federal government, believe it or not, because let's face it, our president's not that, not that bright. Um, they're, now, they're now contracting with a Chinese company for these tests. I really wish that the Methuen School Committee, I wish local officials in general would be a lot more on top of this stuff, but they're not. Um, most people really kind of only care about the local stuff, and they don't, they don't really look at what's going on nationally, and they don't, they don't, they don't look at these things. I wish that they would. A uh, uh, couple more quick things. AFC Urgent Care is now taking walk-ins. Prior to yesterday, you would have to call and make an appointment because of all the COVID stuff. They're now back open and uh, and you can go in for uh, a COVID uh, for any for anything that you want. It's not just for COVID. All right. One last thing. Um, there is going to be a um, be the match swab event at the American Legion in Salem, New Hampshire, for um, gentleman that needs uh, he's he's got uh, he's got blood cancer and he needs a bone marrow um, bone marrow uh, transplant. I guess is what, what they're calling it. Um, February, th- this is going to be Sunday, February 13th, 11 to 4 at the American Legion in Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, and this is for, uh, a guy that, uh, that, that I, I used to know, like I knew him like 30 years ago. I probably haven't seen him since. Um, uh, so, all right. So we get that out of the way and what else do we have? And this is the last, and uh, so that's it. So sitting to my left, we've got Lawrence city council. He topped the ticket. So he's got a lot of love in Lawrence, and he's going to get a lot of votes out of Lawrence. And by the way, he's also a legacy kid. I call him a kid because I remember when you were at the Frost. Um, he's a legacy kid. His father has been involved in Lawrence politics going back to when I was on the school committee back in like 1996. If I have that, I think I have that right. Um, and he came up through the Lawrence schools. He ran for city council. I think he ran for something else once before. He can correct me on that. And now he's going to run for state. Senate. So I do have one quick question before we have you, have you introduce yourself and tell people who you are. It, it, you're, you are running, and also Eunice Eagle is running in that race. You both just got elected. Doesn't it kind of seem like a slap to the voters that like they just elected you to a job mm-hmm. to do for the next two years? 
and you're already looking to run for something else. And that, that, by the way, I put out a thing on Facebook asking for questions, and that was the one that I got the most. Sure. sure. And it wasn't just focused on you. Yeah, it yeah, was, that's, that's, yeah. that's fine. I appreciate the question. Um, and, uh, you know, what I would say is uh, there, there were certain points uh, uh, as you were relaying some news that I wanted to jump in there as well. So before we get to that question, one of the things that I, I'd like to say, I don't know uh, what type of testing the Methuen is using, uh, but I know that, um, you know, Charlie Baker gave out, you know, um, you know, th thousands of tests to Lawrence, and uh, we finally, uh, I think the, the current mayor uh, bought uh, 100,000, 140,000 uh, more. Um, and we've been giving them out to, to different uh, community members that are in need. Uh, I know that the school system in Lawrence is using a similar approach, using those types of tests. I think my my only, I would rather have families have a test than no test. Uh, my only concern is that unless someone has a conversation with families and like let them know like how you take these tests, um, you know, you might have people that um, won't do it correctly. Uh, so I, I actually like the approach of the school uh, doing it um, than, um, you know, folks at home doing it unless there's a, a conversation piece. And I, I don't know if that conversation piece is happening um, across the, the different cities, but if it isn't, uh, it definitely should. I'm okay with any you know? of the tests. I'm okay if they want to do it in school, they want to mm -hmm. send a home test. My only problem is like use tests that aren't coming from China. Why are we so giving them money I, when they sent us a virus? So I have no idea if Baker's tests are coming from China or not. But what I would say is, is like that's so my, my key focus is if, if we are giving these people these tests that they know how to use it uh, and that uh, things are um, that the school is not just passing the buck because I feel like you know that, that's one of the my worry when I first got that letter that they were doing at first I was like oh this is a great approach uh, but the second piece like are they actually going to follow through uh, the way that they should uh, to your second question uh, well before you get to your second question you, you mentioned my dad uh, and you also said that you think that I ran for something else I ran for school committee school and on my, my way here I was actually thinking back and I'm like, you were one of the only people uh, that gave me a call uh, to give me advice. So I think it was like the first month that I became a school committee member. Uh, and you started with like, hey, you know, your dad is, because uh, my dad, I think, was writing for one of the local papers. And you're like, me and, my, me and your dad butt heads, so you probably heard really bad things about me. I'm like, no, like actually my dad said great things about you. Because uh, even though- there's, That's amazing. There's, there's different. That's amazing to hear. Yeah, well, no, I mean like- Because there was a long period of time where we didn't get along at all. Yeah, no. Like, I, it's all smooth now, but I mean- Yeah, yeah. but no, but even back at, you know, back, at least when- I. By the time that I was, uh, I became in the school committee. Uh, you know, one of the things that my dad taught me is that it is important to be around people that disagree with you, mm -hmm. right? I think that if you're around people that just say yes to you, uh, then you're not in a good spot. How are you going to be a Democrat in the Senate with that philosophy? Because your your party doesn't share that view. I I would I would disagree with that, wow. Tom. I would disagree 110. percent And really? I would also you know um, ask folks like I've been a Democrat you know uh, since I got involved in politics. But when you look at how I vote and how um, how I present myself within the, the school committee and the city council, uh, you see that like I'm uh, in many ways I'm independent. <laughs> Uh, to uh, the different political machineries that are out there. And I like to vote and push for things that I think are correct. Uh, and sometimes that means I might disagree with some of the leaders that, uh, that I'm close to. Uh, as far as to your, your other question about um, do I think it's a slap in the face of our voters? No, I don't think so. I think that the voters that voted for me in, in Lawrence are extremely excited about the opportunity of having someone like me that is present, that, it, that listens to their concerns and has a vision 
not just for this city, but for this region, that it's all encompassing and that we'll be bridging uh, different communities and bringing them together. There's excitement uh, from, from amongst those voters and that's what I wish to take on uh, these next um, seven, eight months uh, throughout the campaign. Um, you were one of the, one of the four, who, four city councils in Lawrence who voted to let TMF family dinner for the homeless uh, stay at the Buckley Garage when that whole controversy was going on, and Dan mm-hmm. Rivera threw them out of out of the uh, uh, garage. Um, what if you begin into the state senate? What are your thoughts about using your power in the state senate to actually do something to help the homeless, not just in Lawrence, but you'll represent Lawrence and Methuen? And let's face it, there's a lot of Methuen people that are in Lawrence that are homeless. They come to Lawrence, right? Um, we have people in the state Senate, people in the state house, they talk a good game, they talk about helping the poor, then they get in, we never see them again, right? Mm-hmm. We don't see them at the TMF dinners, they don't, they, they don't do anything to reach out, they don't do anything to introduce legislation that actually, that actually helps to help them get housing or whatever. So I think, given that you, you at least have empathy for these people, mm-hmm. and you've actually stood with us mm-hmm. uh, on a very important issue, that was... Well, I mean, let's face it, it was it was politically tough for you to take that position because the mayor was very strong on the other side. So if you get into the Senate, what is it that you're going to do to help the homeless, to help the people who are actually downtrodden, who actually need the help? Uh, thank you for that question. So I'll say that um, it is ne- taking those positions are never hard for me because of the right positions. Uh, so regardless, good to, that's good to know, hear. So regardless of the different attacks and pushbacks that I got for taking that, it was correct, and I was able to you know go home and put my bed in my pillow thinking I did the right thing. Um, I look at organizations like TMF that are actually in the weeds and doing the work as organizations that need to be um, fostered and um, and we need to do some growth. And by, by that, I don't mean just money coming in from the state, but also giving them access to different uh, foundations and um, in individuals that might help support a cause like that. Uh, I think that you know something that people will, will see me doing is definitely promote, support, uh, and sponsor legislations that I believe uh, will be able to uh, help um, homeless individuals. But beyond that, I mean, legislation takes time, right? Uh, I think I'm going to be the type of legislator that's in the ground, uh, that is going to spend their time uh, working with people and um, helping support and really understanding the situation beyond what you read uh, from or what you listen to from like an academic. Uh, So that's the type of leadership that I've been providing uh, these last four years. What we need need is, is housing. What we need is housing, not like necessarily low income housing, because that's going to go to a a family or something. But you know, we used to have um, we when I was growing up, we called them flop houses. Now they're called rooming houses, I guess. There aren't many in Lawrence. The ones that we have, they're in horrible, horrible well, condition. Well, Tom, I mean, the, the the difficulty part about that is that the communities don't want them, right? Like if you talk about um, like even like uh, uh, and I'm doing an amazing shelter in Lawrence, they'll say no. If you go to Methuen, they'll be like, oh no, why don't you do that in yeah, Lawrence? No, yeah, right. You know. Um, so the other communities, I believe, everyone has to do their part. In it. And, you know, as much as I want to say that we need, you know, more affordable housing, that we need more housing that is specific, you know, to veterans, uh, uh, homeless individuals, other communities need to be doing the same and doing their part. The reason why there's a lot of homeless individuals, because I've, I've talked to them, right? And I asked them, like, where are I you see from? You out, I see you, know, you out yeah, there. Yeah, you know, like, I have folks that are like, they're from Lowell. I've, I've, I've met people that are from Manchester, New Hampshire. You know, they're from all over the place. And when I ask them, like, why are you, you? You're 40 minutes away. Why are you in Lawrence? And what they say is, like, um, 
uh, one of the things, one of the reasons is like the people in Lawrence are more helpful than in some of these other communities that they're from. Because you have someone like Michael, you know, out there supporting them, showing, giving them value. Uh, in other communities, maybe they're pushing them away, mm-hmm. right? So I think that there, there has to be a conversation, uh, not just within Lawrence, but regionally on how we uh, t- uh, tackle this approach. I don't think any one city can do it. I think the state needs to be more involved and they need to put more resources into it as well. At the at, at the root of all of this, though, is the opioid crisis. 100%. And it seems like the legislature, uh, they, they're all concerned about transgender bathrooms and all this other nonsense, but they really haven't done anything about the opioid crisis. We've lost more people to the opioid crisis than we lost to COVID, more than we lost in Vietnam. And, and yet it still continues and yet the legislature hasn't done anything to, to increase the number of beds that we can get at detoxes, to increase the funding for detoxes, um, maybe having mandatory 30-day commitments when somebody overdoses. These are all the things that when I have the police chiefs here and I talk to them, they say they need, but the legislature doesn't give it to them. So I think there's, there's some work that can be done uh, uh, with the courts. Uh, I used to work for, uh, I interned for, uh, for Judge Rooney, uh, who's the re- director of the Lawrence District Court at a time when they were just uh, starting to do a uh, drug court. So I think like promoting that is important. Uh, but I think the one of the things that I, I would like to focus is on the public safety. And like, as much as I think that, yes, we need to ensure that there's these support mechanisms uh, in place for anyone that wants to get out. Right, that they've realized and they're they're willing to make the steps uh, to um, uh, revitalize themselves and step away from uh, from drug use. I think the support mechanisms should be there, but we also have to tackle you know the actual drugs that are coming into our community. Uh, so um, I hope that as a, a state senator that I'll be able to support uh, the different uh, uh, public safety departments um, in both Lawrence, Methuen, and Haverhill. Bring more resources, um, have more boots on the ground, and develop programs uh, that ensure that our streets are are safer. Right. So I think that we we need to um, we need to tackle that, and we need to make sure that we're uh, focused on on initiatives like that because it's like you know if if um, if there are, there, there are mice in your house, right, and at any point that the cat's not around, the mice come out, right? So if our, our officers are – we don't have enough officers to be out in, in our communities, then uh, that's the type of issues that we're going to be seeing. Uh, so I, I would agree that – So you're for more funding for more police. Again, how are you going to survive in the Democrat Party with a position like well, that? Well, you know something? I, I, I have been um, uh, attacked in the past by folks that want to get rid of police officers. Um, you know, what I talk about is um, let's look at – the actual situation that we're facing in communities. If your car gets stolen, who are you going to call, mm-hmm. right? If uh, all of a sudden, you know, someone breaks into your house or is trying to rob, you know, the store that you're in, what are you going to do, right? Uh, the, to me, that's that's chaos. I mean, what that would mean is that everyone now has to carry a gun and you're you're your own police officer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the type of communities, at least in 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 this region, uh, that we're looking for. So um, I'm definitely, you know, in in Lawrence, one of the things that we've seen is we have a police department that is focused on doing community policing, right? So when we're talking about police reform, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, let's make sure that the community understands the purpose of the, the police department. There's a real connection between them both of trust, mm-hmm. that both the officers are working there and both the community members trust each other to do the right thing. And what I've heard from police officers after that initiative from uh, Chief Fast is that more folks are more comfortable, that they're willing to make a call uh, because they trust that the police department is not going to go in or, you know, for example, you call an officer, they're not going to go and tell the drug dealer, like, hey, so 
so-and-so made a call. Right. Right. And that's the fear that right. like they're going to get their family in trouble. Who right. wants that? Right. Um, so we, we've been able to fight that. Uh, and there's, you know, you know, everything from uh, training around um, uh, when to use uh, your gun. Right, like I went through the training, uh, and uh, it was helpful for me, so I could understand the the pressure. Did you ever get a permit? Uh, no, I haven't gotten a permit. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten yeah. a permit. Uh, but I went to the tra- there's this training that they do. It's a virtual training uh, where they they put you. You should you should ask Chief Vassal uh, okay. so you could do it. It's like almost like this virtual game, and the uh, the focus is like when uh, um, when using your gun is the correct thing in a certain situation. So they, we have a department in Lawrence that is very, um, very, very highly trained, right? And I want to make sure that all departments have the same uh, level of resources uh, to do just that. Excellent. You, you don't sound much like a Democrat. Oh, I, and I, but I am a Democrat. I, 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 know, I, I'm, I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still um, befuddled by that, but maybe this one will help us out. So um, – about four or five years ago, and again, don't hold me to the time, and maybe it was longer, um, I went down to Lawrence High School when the Dominicans were voting for the Dominican president. I think I remember seeing you there. And everybody's standing in line holding a voter ID, mm-hmm. right? So they're voting at Lawrence High School for the Dominican president. Uh, it was Dominican elections. Yeah. They're all holding a voter ID. And I asked every single person on camera, is voter ID racist? Is What do you think about voter ID? Would you rather not have one? And yeah. every single person except you said, no, what's the problem with wow. voter ID? We all have it. We yeah, all use yeah, it in our home yeah. country, whatever. Yeah. And, um, and not only that, but then when I got to the front, because I stood in line with a bunch of people, the woman in front of me didn't have an ID. And they took their laptop and they flipped it around and she put her thumb on the screen. And a bunch of things came up and it showed... Her hometown back in the Dominican Republic, her address where she was here, they printed her out an ID, gave her a ballot, and let her vote. And I thought, wow, that's illegal if we tried to do that here at Lawrence High School for a Lawrence election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for the Dominican elections, they think it's okay. So when I asked you, I said, what do you think of voter ID? Do you think it's racist? You said, yeah. You said, yes. So no no I I don't I don't think that was your question. What you asked me was do, uh, do I think we should have voter ID okay. uh, in Lawrence? All right, but I'll I'll stand corrected because so, it was six years so, ago. So, so what I would say is like you know two things uh, have two reactions. One, the idea that the government has my fingerprints. I don't know. I I have issues with that. You know, that's like saying that you know the government to have like everyone's like uh, like a uh, DNA for everybody. I, I I'm yeah, not, but I'm they not, got I'm it. Not, they're I'm reading not, your emails. Listen, they're listening to your sure, phone calls. But I'm, they've I'm, got I'm it. I'm not comfortable with that. But um, so here's the issue. So I would say in my community, uh, hands down, if there was a vote today about whether it should be voter ID, uh, I think many Latinos, many Dominicans would vote yes mm-hmm. because that's what they're used to in their home country. Um, uh, my discussion with you is that when they did uh, research on voter ID across. Across the, the, the country, what they found is that working class, poor individuals had a harder time producing the necessary ID to go vote. Um, and that um, it did not stop um, any uh, you know, shady business uh, going around. Like there was no, uh, there was nothing from this research that showed that it, it created uh, some significant um, thing to stop people from doing something that's unethical. So that, that that's 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 my reason why I personally am not for it. But if anyone asks members of my community, they would say that they're for it. Yeah. Um, but you do. I mean, just because there's no study that shows it, this go, This is like a, a typical political conversation that I have with candidates and elected officials. 
we've seen what has happened in Lawrence, right? We saw what William Antigua did five, ten years ago, however long it was. I don't sleep, so my, my time frames are always off. Um, we know, we watched people go in and say that they were someone else and vote in someone else's name and, and have a, a list in front of them that was given to them by a candidate telling them who they should vote for, uh, a mock ballot. And I think, you're right, most Dominicans, most white people, most everybody in Lawrence, I think, is for voter ID because we've seen the fraud happen in Lawrence over the last few years. Um, I, I don't understand how you could be against it. So, so I think that in order to in, in state, is there a way you would be for it? Is there like a path to get you there? Oh, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, in order to be for it, that, that means that the state would have to, if someone is poor. So, for example, a homeless individual that wants to vote, right, might not be able to afford, you know, the. 30, 40, whatever it is to, to get themselves uh, the license or the Massachusetts IT. Uh, if the state was willing to provide that homeless individual with uh, a free AD so they can go vote, yeah, then you know maybe that's a different case. But where, okay. where we've seen it, like the, there's been initiatives to do this, uh, and what we've seen is that states don't put enough money for these programs, uh, and you've, you find a lot of individuals that when it comes time to vote, um, they're not able to access an ID. And the last thing I would want to see, if you're a U.S. citizen of this country, there should be nothing stopping you from 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 voting. Should only you know? citizens be allowed to vote? So should only citizens... Uh, I'm confused. So yeah, so if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, it, 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 talk to me a little bit more. Well, I mean, there are initiatives in California to allow people to vote for school committee and city council and mayor, even if they're not oh, a citizen okay. of the United States. All right. And you yeah, know yeah, it yeah. starts in California. It always ends up here. So there's actually, in Massachusetts, I think there's about uh, two cities and towns uh, that allow that. So I know Cambridge is one of them, where you can vote for your school committee member. And I would say that makes sense to me. Uh, if you're asking should non-citizens vote for president, for uh, uh, governor, uh, then I would say no. Uh, but but isn't this the camel's nose in the tent, though? They start at the local level, no, they work their so. way up? I don't think so. No, no? I, think, I think that there's a difference between, because um, with a school committee, that's something that you're you're making policies for everybody. There's no question. Uh, you know, the kids that are coming in there to get educated, you're not asking them, what is your status, right? You're like, you're here and we're going to educate you. So because of that, I think it's a it's a different component. So if someone brought that up, I mean, there's, I think it's, it, there's a lot of complications to doing something like that because then the other piece is, you know, how do you register, um, you know, folks, you know, how, you know, do you just extend it to uh, LPRs? You know, there has to be a whole process, a lot of money that you have to invest. Uh, I think most communities Communities don't have that amount of money uh, to invest in a program like that. So I don't see programs like that happening. Um, but I, I do know that Cambridge has done it for years, uh, and they've been successful at it. See, now he sounds like a Democrat. Now I feel better. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So if you get elected, <laughs> if, 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 you, if you win this, and let's face it, you are the yeah. fr- I think you are the front runner going into this, um, especially with all the endorsements that you've been getting. It's ridiculous. Well, listen, I, 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 don't, um, I don't believe endorsements. You know, I, I appreciate everyone that's come out and supported me. Uh, what I tell everyone who's supporting me is that um, we can't sleep. You know, at the uh, at the end of the day, I think we all have a vision to um, elect someone that is going to um, sp- spend all their time focused on improving their communities. In order to do that, we have to remain active and we have to work hard every single day. What is so your? Any, what any, is? Your, oh, sorry. Yeah. No. So anytime someone says, squeeze as yeah, much in as I can. Someone says like you're a front runner. I'm like, oh, let's let's step back. You know, like where the, the race is has started. We have no idea what's going to happen in the next seven months. If you win, what are your top priorities going to be? Like hitting the so, ground running. Yeah, so, what are you so, going to so, so number one, um, um, around education, I think uh, receivership has to go in Lawrence, and we have to create a process uh, to do that. And I think that the other communities in both Lawrence, I mean, in both Methuen and Haverhill, uh, uh, 
require more resources uh, to ensure that the education that they're giving to students uh, is better than adequate. I hate to stop you. Lawrence gets more money than Andover and North Andover combined, and yet the kids that go to the Lawrence schools get a far worse education than the kids in Andover and and, and North Andover, and it's not because the kids of it's not because Latino kids are dumber. We spend we throw tons and tons and tons of money and resources at these kids, and they still can't graduate and read and write and speak English fluently enough to get a real job. So, so, so a few things that I, I got to jump in on. So Lawrence does not get, from the state, they get more money than uh, these other communities, but these other communities invest more in their education system than Lawrence. So I think that's one of the From local that, dollars. But, from, but total putting, dollars, putting Lawrence spends dollars. more no, money so, regardless so, of where so, it comes so from. Even, so if you go to the Tadesi and you look at their website, you will see that Lawrence spends less money than Andover, less money than uh, Waltham, less money than Cambridge. So like, that's, that's, just, that's just a fact. You know, hopefully now there's there's been a, a new change in the funding scheme. So hopefully this year you'll see communities like Lawrence, Methuen, and even Haverhill, because uh, that's an urban city as well, receive more monies than, um, than they did in the past. And hopefully that will change. Also, I think that there are many students that come out. I mean, you're, you're involved in the, uh, in the alumni, so you've seen uh, amazing kids come out. They're going to Harvard, going to yes, Brown. Absolutely. I think it's important for us to recognize that. Absolutely. That being said, I think that there are holes in the system. One of the things that inspired me to go from school committee to, to city council Council was in my last year, I found out that the city had not been putting what was required by Chapter 70. Uh, they weren't investing in, uh, in public education. So in seven years, they owed $25 million. So like, I'm going to go into the city council, make sure that doesn't happen again. I got in, and uh, thanks to God, that hasn't happened, right? So we've been, we're investing in a Chapter 70. We're investing in ensuring that our, our, our schools are, are working properly. Um, and I want to make sure that that same money is being sent to Methuen and to Haverhill. But money's not the issue, though, right? So I think money's part of it. Money, I mean, how— I mean, the, the, the real issue is— these kids are being taught about abortion, transgender bathrooms, no, and, every, and, no, and global Tom, warming. Tom, I, listen, I, I walk, I walk I through the schools. There, I walk there, through there, the schools and I hear no, it myself no one, with my own ears. No teacher is having a conversation about um, uh, about a woman's right to choose. There's no teachers having a conversation about that. Nobody. When was the last right? time you were in the schools? Because I hear it all the time. Last, all the time. La- last year, I was in the schools. Oh. I-, I haven't been this last month and a half, but uh, I tend to visit the schools regularly. I think as a city council, I'm an individual that while I left the school committee, uh, my finger's still on the pulse, and I, I try to make sure that uh, we are constantly you know, lobbying and advocating for families and youth. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a, that resources is number one. You know, we got to make sure that uh, the, the staff that's there is being paid correctly, uh, that the, the, the folks have the resources to, uh, you know, professional development to improve their craft as teachers. Uh, so those are some of the things that I, I want to work on. Should there be reform? Of course, there should be reform. I mean, my first year in the school committee, I saw the importance of differentiated learning when it, uh, when it comes to teaching kids math, right? I was at one of the, uh, at the community day charter school, and they were number one in math, top 10 uh, in science in the state. Right, wow, yeah. and that's the same kids, the same Lawrence kids. Mm-hmm. So my questions to them was, okay, why are you? How are you guys able to do that? And the rest of Lawrence, kids, is, 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 is not anywhere close. At that time, I think fifty-one percent of the kids were failing the math MCAS. Right, so I got a lot of learnings from them. And what we've seen is, is that at least in Lawrence, there are some schools that are actually doing it. Like you go to the Frost, you go to the, even the Weatherby, you go to the Weatherby, and you see um, not just good teaching, but you see like the administrators are on it and they're providing resources to the teachers. You go to Lawrence High School and it's a mess. Right. Now, and I don't blame the teachers on that. What I blame is the administration for not providing the right structure to make sure that these teachers are being successful. But none of them ever lose their job. 
Right? No, they they, te- no, no, there's teachers under receivership. Tons of teachers lost their job. Some of them were no, the good administrators. The, the, the middle oh, administrators. administrators. Yeah, that's, that's. I mean, if we're saying that they're, that they're part of the problem, when I agree with you, they mm-hmm. are. It seems like there's no accountability there. So, I mean, when I was growing up, you got an A, B, a C, a D, or an F. Today, you don't get that. When I was growing up, if you had four tests, they added the, the score of each, four, each of your four tests, and then they divided by four, and that was your score. And if it was a 79, it was a C plus, and if it was an 81, it was a B minus. And we don't have that, that anymore. Isn't it really just lack of standards? So I, so I think that uh, it, it goes beyond that. I think that there are sometimes structural issues within um, schools uh, that part has to do with leadership uh, that creates obstacles for good teaching. At the end of the day, when I look at there's were a lot of gains under receivership, I don't think it was receivership. I just think we had a good leader, right? So because we had a good leader that was on the principles to make sure that their schools were being successful and was asking, like, what do you need to be successful? Those schools were successful. You know, you have to, you have to be a good manager. Being a superintendent is not just about having the right policies. It's about managing your people. Uh, and I think that um, that's something in, in Lawrence that I hope to, to see. Uh, I think that there there have been issues in the past. I hope that uh, uh, things change. But I think as a state senator, uh, what my role will be is to offer support to all these school districts and to make sure that if uh, a city is like, I want to build a new school, that money is not what's stopping them from building it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of schools in Methuen and in Haverhill that are uh, you know, almost as old as the schools in Lawrence. You know, I say that because we have several school buildings in Lawrence that are about to, you know, around like 90, 100 years old that need to be reviewed. I think that we live, we live in America, and the idea that uh, kids are working in, are, are studying in buildings that are, you know, reminiscent of like, uh, you know, a country that can't afford uh, a, a decent uh, educational um, a setting, uh, to me, saddens me. So like, that's one of the things that I want to focus on, make sure that I'm uh, supporting and bringing the resources to all communities. Believe it or not, the show's over. we got to have him back. Maybe we'll do like a two-hour show with him. Maybe we'll get him and Unison together some, some night. Um, make your final pitch. Why should someone vote for you for state time? By, by the way, you're Lawrence, Methuen, and, and Potter Havel. Potter Havel, yeah. So if there. someone's watching from one of those communities... Uh, this is a new district yes. that they've carved. Yes. Um, why should they vote for you over right now? I think the only other candidate is Una Ziegler. Well, I, I, what I would tell people, I like to focus on myself. I don't like, you know, necessarily mention, you know, other candidates. I think that that's uh, their job. So uh, what I would say to all voters uh, listening in, what you have someone in front of you is someone who's a hard worker, someone who's uh, going to be dedicated to ensuring that they're advocating for your issues. So I hope you go to my website, pavelpiano.com. Give me a call, 978-270-7487. Reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, I would love to have a conversation with you. All right. I guess that's the end of the show. I can't believe we, we, that was, it just went so quick. Um, we can go a little longer. Is that, is that, yeah? Do a few I, don't, I think I'm out of, I'm out of questions. No, unless I you have something more... else you want to talk about. You can hit the advertisers in there. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, let's get the advertisers in. Uh, our new advertiser, which is uh, Lazy River. <sighs> All right. You would have thought I would have had it in front of me, right? From Drake. It. All right. I'll, I'll get the others while, you, while you're pulling that up. Uh, McLennan, I want to thank McLennan Real Estate, AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Sun Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Tomo and Happy Crab. By the way, have you been to Tomo down I the street here? It's oh, phenomenal. So the food's good. just so good. We, we eat out like three or four nights a week, and it's the only place we go where the food 
And the service is always good. Like, we've always. never had a complaint about the food or the service. Uh, Clear Path for Veterans, New England, and Lazy River Products in Drake, which they're actually technically coming on board next week, but we're going to throw them a free, uh, free shout-out. They just yeah. uh, did a great ad package for the Valley Patriot. Oh, um, uh, in, in Lawrence, marijuana failed, right? Yeah. Well, on, on the ballot. Lawrence and Methuen. Uh, on, on, on the ballot. Um, what do you think about having a growth facility in Lawrence? Not a, a retail shop where they can sell it, but like I know Methuen was talking about having just a growth facility for... So I would say a lot of... In Lawrence, the community does not want that. A lot of the people that I've talked to in Methuen don't want that either. Right. Um, I think Haverhill is open to you know initiatives like that, uh, but uh, I know that the Lawrence-Methuen community are not. Uh, and, I, and I'd be supportive of that. All right, let's roll up Melvin Taylor. By the way, Melvin Taylor is going to be playing the week before the bash. I didn't do a bash update. We're going to do that next week. I had it here. So the week before the bash, on April 1st from 9 to 11, he's going to be live at Toad in Cambridge. It's hard for me to go into Cambridge because it's like People's Republic of Cambridge, <laughs> right? So I think we're going to make this a Valley Patriot event. It's going to be the week before the bash, April 1st. We're all going to go to Toad in Cambridge. We're going to watch Melvin Taylor. We love Melvin Taylor. And he yes, will he be is. at the bash. He will be at the bash to open the show yeah. with the Paying Attention song, which is going to be great. Awesome. And I tried to see if I could throw him a couple extra dollars to have him wait till the end and do this song at the end of the, but he's, he, he, he's not going to be able to do that. No. Uh, I also want to thank Mark Rivera for donating $500 to one of our scholarships for the Michelle DeLuca Memorial uh, Scholarship for... Haverhill High, but if you'd like to sponsor a scholarship for Lawrence High, The Vogue, Whittier Tech, Haverhill High School, or Methuen High School, uh, please let us know. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.